0: Physical training, self-defense training, firearms training, situational awareness and the warrior mindset. Welcome to the Condition One podcast. This is a podcast, where we're going to be. Welcome to the Condition One Podcast. This is a podcast where we'll be talking about being ready. We'll also be speaking to victim survivors of physical encounters, how they dealt with the aftermath physically, mentally, and spiritually. And welcome to the Condition One Podcast with John Riddle. I'm your host, John Riddle. This is podcast number one, and I feel that For you to listen to any further podcasts that I may be doing, you need to know about me. You need to know uh, a little bit more than just my name and what gives me the ability to talk about what I'm talking about in these podcasts. So without further ado, uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for 19 years. I was born and raised there. I went to high school there, Uh, middle class family, uh, youngest of four. Uh, I have three older sisters. At the age of 19, I moved to West Palm Beach, uh, Florida, where my father was transferred for a business. Uh, I bought a business and we moved down. Um, I worked different jobs down here in in South Florida uh, over a few years until I realized that I had to do something with my life. Uh, I had gone to the community college for uh, law enforcement because it's growing up. I always wanted to get into law enforcement. It was either the military or law enforcement. Uh, So one of the moves that I made was to try to get with a local law enforcement agency down here in West Palm Beach. And I was, I think, 21 years of age at that time. And when I went and applied, I was told, well, we're looking for college people so I made the decision I was going to go to college so I went for a two-year degree in criminal justice and in a flash I turned around and went back to that same agency and they said well what we're doing is we're looking for military people now and you don't have military so I said okay I'll see you in about four years and I went and I joined the military uh, specifically uh, the United States Air Force it's probably the best thing that I did um when I joined the Air Force because I really had no direction as to where I, what I wanted to do, where I was gonna go. I had a good idea of what I wanted to do, but I really didn't know how to get my foot in the door and to be credible with getting my foot in the door. So I joined the Air Force and that set me on a journey where I am now and I haven't looked back since. So a little bit about my Air Force background, um, I was a little older when I went into the Air Force, most uh, guys and gals go into the Air Force at 17, 18. I was about 23 at the time. Uh, I entered basic training at Lackland Air Force Base in Texas. I did my eight weeks of basic training there, and then I was sent off to weapons school. Uh, weapons school, specifically CADM. CADM was a acronym for Combat Arms Training and Maintenance. Basically, a, fire, a, a firearms instructor. Okay, I became an instructor teaching the firearms such as uh, handgun 38 uh, revolvers that pilots would carry on them when they were in flight. Uh, then we graduated to the 9 millimeter uh, pistol, which at that time was the Beretta 92F, uh, the M16, the M60 machine gun, the 203 grenade launcher, which was a 40 millimeter grenade launcher, and also uh, the shotgun. So I became pretty proficient in taking apart, putting it back together, understanding the theory of each one of those and how they work, and then having to shoot an expert. And then after that was done, uh, they sent me to another section of the school where I had to learn to teach each system. Uh, That in itself, that piece right there, got me up on my feet, talking to people, in front of large groups, which in these days we hear, you know, it's one of the most frightening things to do is to stand up in front of a group of people and talk. Well, that kind of uh, got me past that, let's say. Okay, so it was, it was a great uh, great thing to do in, in that uh, career field. So who did I teach? Uh, you know, when I got my orders to go to my first base, I went up to uh, F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I had the opportunity to teach, uh, the base police security personnel, security police personnel who in that, at that base, which was a nuclear missile base, they would travel out to different nuclear missile sites and guard those sites. So I had the opportunity to train them, um. Uh, we also talked to and trained pararescue units, which is the Air Force uh, Special Operations Division now, and also the combat controllers, which are, still, are also attached to Special Operations uh, in present day. So I had not only that, but I also taught people who had a need to know how to use these particular weapons for the, whatever job that they were in. The ranks of these people ran, went from basic airmen all the way up to full colonels. So I was in front of uh, almost everybody that, uh, in every different rank. Uh, my time in the, in the military was about six years uh, to include uh, two years in the Air Force Reserve. The Air Force Reserve I did down in Homestead, Homestead, Florida. Uh, during that time in the Air Force Reserve, I went back to my, my dream of becoming a policeman, a police officer. So I signed up with a local agency here in the West Palm Beach area. I tested and was selected to join the police agency and they sent me off to the academy and I did a total of 28 years with that particular agency. That's the only agency that I was with for 28 years in my career. So during that time in law enforcement, I served in many aspects, many different jobs within the agency. Uh, First one, everybody, when you get out of the academy, everybody goes to the road patrol division. That's where you learn. That's where you cut your teeth. Uh, Learning how the streets are run, learning what the criminal element is out there, uh, and learning policies and procedures of your agency, learning how to deal with people, how to speak to people, and learning the neighborhoods that you're going to be policing. So that's the nuts and bolts of police work anyway, as they say in the books, um, it's the backbone of police work is the road patrol division. Uh, After a couple of years on the agency, probably about three years, I tried out and was selected for the SWAT team in which I did 16 years, total years on the SWAT team as a uh, first stepping in, I was on the sniper team and then I was about three years on the sniper team, two to three years on there, and then I Asked and was granted a transfer over into the entry team where I did a total of 13 years. Uh, just before I retired from the team, I went back to the sniper team as a supervisor and uh, as, as a request. And I went back there and tried to uh, improve our sniper team with um, training, equipment, and uh, policies and procedures. So we tried to, to get that area cleaned up a little bit. Um, so understanding that the SWAT team was not a full-time team so I was changing hats quite a bit I was on the road patrol as a police street cop and also when needed and several times a month into training with the SWAT team so we were kind of a part-time team after a couple more years down the road um, I applied with the patrol division and was selected as a field training officer. And I did about 10 years as a field training officer. And in that position, um, when new new people graduate from the academy and they would come into the agency, they needed a place to go for training, uh, hands-on training, OJT. So they would put them, there was a cadre of uh, field training officers, So what happens is the new guys get put in your police car with you and you have a specific amount of time with that person, say maybe two weeks of training them in some basic things, uh, that they need to know on the street before they leave you and go to another field training officer. And that field training program was a total of 16 weeks. So I was a, an intricate part of that also. And a lot later on down the road, when I was promoted to supervisor, a sergeant, um, I was a field training officer, supervisor, um, and I, and I ran a group of guys that were strictly field training officers. Most of my life, I've been involved in some type of martial art. Uh, just like every young kid uh, growing up starts out. We started out with Taekwondo uh, up in Pennsylvania. I started out with Taekwondo. And then when I moved down to Florida, uh, after a little... Uh, time off from that I when I moved down here at 19 I was looking for something else and this was an area when I moved into it it was pretty big with kickboxing so I started doing a little bit of kickboxing um, with some local trainers had some good times with that and then uh, had to notice that because of the job that I was in I needed to do a little bit more uh, of a self-defense and have control techniques and things of that nature. Now, you get a little bit of that in the police academy and defensive tactics. So um, they sent me off to defensive tactics instructor school for the agency. I became a full-time instructor in that, along with my uh, background with kickboxing. So later on down the road, I got in another uh, Korean art, Huangdo, which I studied in the West Palm Beach area. With a very well-known instructor there uh, by the name of Terry Giles, and Terry pretty much set me on my pace uh, as to where I was going in the martial art world. Um, I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, so, down as I continued my path, um, I've trained in boxing, kickboxing, Taekwondo, uh Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, jikundo, and also uh, Krav Maga. Yeah, I've trained with some of the best guys, uh, best instructors around. Uh, I had mentioned Terry Giles in the Korean style of Rang Do and Tang Sudo. Um, very instrumental in my life and helped me set the path of what, which I'm on now. Krav Maga, uh, Moni Isaac and Nir Maman, uh, two very well-known names in the, in the, uh, Israeli-based, uh, reality-based system of Krav Maga. I've trained a little bit with Bill Superfoot Wallace in kickboxing, um, uh, Wald Blois in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Marcus Damata in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Paul Vunak in Los Angeles area uh, in Jiu-Jitsu and also Kelly McCann in the Virginia area, Northern Virginia area in combatives. Um, I've developed my own thing, kind of mixing everything that I've learned over the years. Um, in 2012, uh, I was awarded the Black Belt Magazine uh, 2012 Instructor of the Year, and in the Hall of, they put me in the Hall of Fame for that. Uh, a couple of years down the road, the World Head of Family Sokei-ship um, granted me the the rank of Grand Master of Combative Arts. Um, so that was great, great times, uh, great accolades for there, you know. But I'm still involved. And I'm not a big guy on on names and ranks, okay? Uh, I'm respectful in those areas, but I'm not a big, personally, uh, with my students, I'm not real big on on rank and names. Um, You know, being a police officer, coming from the military, uh, firearms training. Firearms has, once I got out of the Air Force and into law enforcement and SWAT, Firearms started becoming uh, something that was really growing on me, Um, just like my martial arts background. And I started to look at this where firearms training is like a martial art, okay? So uh, So I looked at it that way, and I started training it that way also. So I've been to numerous schools uh, between my military career, my law enforcement career, and, and now in my civilian career. Um, one name that comes to mind is uh, Thunder Ranch out in Oregon, Clint Smith. Uh, Clint is a uh, Vietnam-era uh, Marine who teaches some f- uh, phenomenal classes out there in, in Thunder Ranch. And I look at him as a uh, as a mentor in a lot of the things that I do and the way I teach firearms. Um, so with that background in the firearms, I turned around and developed my own school. So it's called Riddle Defense. It's in Boca Raton, Florida, and I, while here, in, it's a brick-and-mortar building, and I teach self-defense here to the masses, and also I do private and semi-private firearms training uh, on the live fire range outside. Um, I've had the opportunity in my career up to now to have taught throughout the country, throughout the United States, uh, different law enforcement agencies, and also in Canada. I had the opportunity to train in Ireland at the Garda College, which is the uh, Irish- uh, National Police that's there at Police Academy, so I've had the opportunity to train there to teach class there. I was also had the chance to go over to Rome, Italy, and train some civilians over there in self defense, uh, and I co-taught that with a guy that I had met a long time ago, and we had had collaborated on some things, and that's what brought me to Italy. So the uh, the journey's been long uh, it's been very rewarding for me um, I love what I do and how do I tie this into Condition One Podcast well everything I've done in my career whether it be military or law enforcement uh, the Condition One Podcast is about survival it's about when you get up in the morning what are you going to do to make it through the day um, we talk about firearms training we talk about combatives or martial arts, hand-to-hand combat. We talk about survival mindset and situational awareness. And these are all things that I had gone through in my careers and either learned out on the street or learned through a book. Um, And then now I can take this and I can bring it to the masses, whether it be in civilian or other law enforcement or military groups. So it's been a great journey and I'm tying this into Condition One Podcast to give you a better taste of what I can bring to the table. And when this uh, podcast fires up and it's ready to launch, uh, you guys will be the first to know. And I hope you listen. And I hope you bring something to the table. Thanks for listening.